Hey, everybody. It's Mike Birbiglia. This is Working It Out. This is a best of episode with my friend Atsuko Akatsuka. Since this aired in December, her special, The Intruder, was a huge hit on HBO. She is out on tour right now. And I asked her if she would introduce this episode with me today. Atsuko, thanks for doing this. So fun. That sounds great. Um, one of the themes that, uh, a thematic thing running through all three of our episodes, and people should listen to them back to back because it's kind of funny. When in our first episode, we didn't really know each other at all. Yes. And th- by the third episode, uh, best friends? Yeah, I mean, by the third episode, I think we were like, we had become such close friends that we were asking questions like, how do you make other friends? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do you make friends as an adult? And we were asking each other this and it's like, well, we got each other, you know, isn't yeah. that enough? Yeah. 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 And Which is the full circle. I'm yeah. about those. I'm just going to mention a couple of your dates coming up just because, um, these are f- going to be such a blast. You have a bunch of Florida, Miami, Tampa, Orlando, uh, Liberty Township, Ohio, which has got to be outside of a city. I-, I said it exactly like you did too. Um, like pretty high pitch, like question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> Who is um, that? You know what's cool is, and this is sort of fun, I think, for the journey of the the podcast listeners – is um, you went from at the before you know by the, when we did our first episode a few years ago to now you you went from being a comedian in Los Angeles who was doing well to a comedian who you have like a hit HBO special Intruder which everyone should watch if they haven't already and you're like selling out theaters for like tons and tons of fans and that's. How are the how is it doing shows for people who came to see just you? Yeah, it's truly it's truly incredible, you know, to know that also a lot of people are meeting you from the special which is also it's like that must be constantly a magical thing. I don't know. Is it for you to be like these people came out to see me and um they could have found me in multiple different projects. I don't know. I, I, totally. You know I, what always, I, mean? I always had that when I was starting out in comedy, I would perform at like, you know, you'd see like a Ramada Inn on the mm-hmm. side of like I 80, and it would be like comedy night. And it would be like a <laughs> yeah. Wednesday. And there'd be like 10 people there. And, there, and it would just be like people literally going to see anything that w- might be funny, which is a completely subjective idea in the first place. Yes. And then it would be me. And it would be honestly, I'm comfortable. I'm 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 comfortable enough uh, mm-hmm. to say this because because I now have an audience that likes what I do. Is like, I would say those gigs didn't go so well because I don't think they had in mind <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else. I thought you were gonna be like, honestly, I don't mind saying this because I'm successful now, but. <laughs> I crushed it back then too. You know, I thought it was going to be something different. The here's what we were going to ask. Uh, I was talking to Ira Glass about this on our hundredth episode, and so I was going to relate. I was going to relay this question to you as well, which is, what having spent a lot of time with me, what is the thing about me that you think is funny, but maybe I don't even understand about myself? Because I think potentially I could mine this 
for mm -hmm. a bit that I don't yet understand. Yeah. So I heard that episode and Did you think I he was right? Like Did you think he was right what he was saying? That you were anxious? Yeah, he was like off stage you're anxious and you're like <laughs> stressed out, but then on stage you're relaxed. And I was like, yeah, yeah but on stage I am relaxed and it's real. Yeah, 100%. You're both people. You're, you know, a human person is complex and um you are you are that. Um but when I heard that my mind was blown. My mind was blown. I was like, "Whoa, that's what it is. He is anxious." <laughs> I think the first time you asked me something like this, you know, on the podcast, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you're like a, you're like a, you're like a clown. You're always like falling and stuff, and getting back up, but that's not like who you are. That's just, you know, a part of you. Collateral damage. But yeah, 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 yeah. We must protect him at all costs, you know, uh, our king. And but the <laughs> anxious part, the anxious part, I was like, whoa." Yeah, I've seen that. So, not to repeat someone else's answer, but until I figure it out. I wonder if that's even something I can explain to the audience. I mean, I think I could. I think uh, it's a tricky thing to explain because literally what they're witnessing is me mm -hmm. being calm and kind mm -hmm. of saying these casual things. Mm -hmm. And then what I'm telling them is, actually, I'm uh, <laughs> very stressed out. <laughs> Yeah, but it makes sense, I think, in your bits, if you think about it, no matter how calm you're telling things and how in the aftermath you figured it out. But the way you react to things is very much like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's it's okay. Like, it, it, there's an anxiousness in that, you know, I even when you're telling it. A lot of times people will ask me, like, how do I tell, like, a story about something that was fundamentally traumatic or challenging? Like, I was talking to someone recently who's really funny comic and was in a cult when he used it. He's like, mm -hmm. he's like it's tricky because, you know, in some ways that's, like, fundamentally dramatic. Like, he was raised in a cult, like, when he was a kid. Yeah. And my answer to that is, like, how do, is like, I think if the audience can see that you're okay, you're good. I 100% agree. You got to take care of the audience. I mean, that's what we're doing by, you know, creating levity or the punchlines, right? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about like protecting them first. You know, it's like setting it up correctly. Then they'll laugh and not know that you're inherently the most anxious person ever <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> this is, you know, back to you. Um, what are your themes that you're hitting in your new show? You know, you, you introduced me to Ira. And so we've been talking about how I got to the United States and how there were lies involved. And so <laughs> I've been actually talking about that too, on top of other tinier themes, like how do you make friends as an adult and trying to figure out why do I bring my entire family with me on my honeymoon and things like this. And, you know, oh my can gosh. I be alone? You know, so these kinds of things. Yeah. Finding out me and Ryan weren't ever actually married recently, oh you know. Yeah. By the way, that completely could have happened to me and Jenny. When that happened, you on Instagram, Atsuko is a, at Atsuko Comedy. <laughs> and... There are photos of you and your husband who have been married. Yeah, for, for six years. Six years. <laughs> realizing 
you are not married legally. And then you went and got married again for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're such dumb dumbs. <laughs> and and like trash news picked it up. It was like the Daily Mail was oh, like really? woman. Would you believe it? Woman and man didn't know they were married this whole time. Oh my gosh, know? for real? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, like inquirer style. Yeah, where it was very much like, better check your paperwork. You don't want to be like these dum-dums, oh, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, good for the, that's good for the stage, of course. Um, I have two new jokes. I'll throw them out. And then, and then, yeah. and then, we'll, and then we'll throw to the episode. Atsuko Akatsuka, episode three. First one is that Una had her tooth out this week, which was very traumatic. You know, it was like the tooth was infected and they had to take it out, the dentist. But then her grandparents felt so bad that they gave her $100 for the tooth. Wow. So we pulled out the other 30 so we could afford the dentist. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's so goofy. <laughs> Oh man, a classic. classic. <laughs> Instant classic. Oh man, I yeah. Come on, <laughs> put it down in the books. Yeah. So that's the one. And then the other one is 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 Jen said to me recently. Yeah, we, we, Una's eight. So it's not we're we're starting to talk about when when we're going to uh broach the subject of talking about sex because we've never talked about sex before. Mm. And um, and so I suggested to Jenny, I go, why don't you and I have sex and then we'll have a Q&A? Because <laughs> oh I, I, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, that's those so are, great. Those are, my two new, those are my two new jokes this week. Whew. Wow. I love it. <laughs> and they both, <clears throat> you bring up Una in both, but, you know. She's safe in both, you know? <laughs> She's my world. She's yeah. my world, Atsuko. You've no, met her. of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. She, she's obsessed with she's you. She's my she, world, too. I know. I know. She's both of like, our worlds. She's my world. Um, and then I'm just going to, I'm quickly going to plug my thing, which is um, I'm going to be in New Jersey. There's like a few tickets left for me in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, at the beginning of August, new material. And then I go to Edinburgh, Scotland, and London with the old man in the pool. And then, um, and then join, and people can join my mailing list uh, for updates because there's going to be a whole ton of cities announced really soon. And how can people find out about your upcoming dates, Atsuko? Oh, at atsukocomedy.com. Nice. Um, Atsuko, thanks for coming Mike. on. We're throwing to the full episode of, of right when your special came out in December. It's my favorite of our three episodes, which is why we're re-airing it. And uh, I can't wait to see you soon. This is a super full circle thing for this podcast because listeners have been on the journey of this podcast. Some some are just new. They just found it or whatever. They maybe saw the Broadway show and they go, oh, he has a podcast. Welcome. Well, yeah, welcome. for real. Thanks welcome. For, thanks for being here. But for the like diehards, like from jump people, yeah. you were on this podcast two years ago because I was a fan of yours from Instagram, like right. videos and stand up you were posting. And I was like, hey, shot in the dark, would you want to come on the podcast? Yeah. You said yes. 
We said, oh, great. We get along great. Hey, do you want to come open for me in Chicago? I'm at the Chicago Theater. You go, sure. We got along great. I got along great with you and your husband, Ryan. And we said, let's do more dates. And then we did like tons of them. We did 20, 30 dates, all these cities. Best memories, so fun. (laughs) The greatest. Running around. So then, cut to, we did episode two of this. Now we're at episode three of it. Yeah. And along the way, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, when you tour with people, there's a lot of artistic cross-pollination just because of the sheer amount of time you're spending with people. Right. And you're going, hey, what about this? Yeah. You're saying, what about this about Old Man in the Pool? I'm saying, what about this about your show? And then along the way, you know, we start talking about <laughs> this really funny story and scary story about how you had an intruder and in your home, uh, you and Ryan's home in Los Angeles. And I, and I had sort of made a suggestion like, well, oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah. what if you broke that apart into multiple parts of the show? You circle back to it. Totally. And that blew my mind. <laughs> really? It, where it was like, oh, it was there the whole time. But, you know, it really, you were the one that, were, that was like, he comes back three times, that's three acts. Hello. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, hello. And then that truly, that's how I tell the story anytime everyone asks. We were in... I want to say Minneapolis. We were in Minneapolis in negative four degree weather. So cold. It was, it was so You have cold. to walk through tunnels. You can't even go outside. You can't. You can if you want to. I, I, I would spend like a few minutes at a time outside. Yeah. Feel alive and then come back in. Smoking cigarettes. I was smoking cigarettes. Which or, make you or die. Or dying. I was outside <laughs> dying. <laughs> yeah, I was. Do you I, say yeah, that you smoke cigarettes? That. Can you say that? Or yeah, do you want yeah, me to pick I it do. out? I do because okay. when I quit, I'll want to talk about it, right? <laughs> so Right. You need a paper trail. Yeah, I'm an on open that book. that you were smoking mm-hmm. before you quit smoking. Totally. Then it means something. Then it's a standing ovation. <laughs> I love smoking. I don't do it a lot, um, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Do you love it? Well, is when you're addicted to something, is it loving it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I need I it. I need it. I don't think I love it, you know? When did you get hooked on cigarettes? I started when I was 18 because I just wanted to do something that I was allowed to do. I wanted rights. Right. You know? And I was like, I can do that just by being 18. I'm going to yes. do that. Because oh, I couldn't vote yet. Right. And so I was like, well, I can buy cigarettes. Now, that's cool. I'll smoke that thing. I've been watching all the Americans do Marlboros. You know, yeah. the commercials worked. All right. Since this is part three. Yeah. And there's no no holds barred. It's like. No frills. Yeah. And, you're done, and you finished a show, Intruder, which is on HBO. And I am in my final stages of my show, The Old Man in the Pool, I and I'm know. Broadway. What do you, my question is, yeah. what do you think about me that I don't talk about on stage, but you're like, it's kind of interesting about Mike that this thing, blank. Oh, wow. Gosh, you're so, you're such an open book, you know? You think I covered it all? No, you cover everything pretty well. Okay, let's see. So we just sat down before the podcast, and you sat in the chair, yeah. and you fell over. I fell and, over, yes. And, uh, like Buster Keaton. <laughs> the board Except behind not you with fell. skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you always... Okay, rec- let's paint the picture. I walk into the podcast, <laughs> which is in my office. I sit down on the chair. 
I somehow collapse onto the chair. Mm-hmm. It leads to almost a domino effect where <laughs> I cr- crash into the pictures on the wall yeah. and the bulletin board and it all kind of like smashes. Right. And then you and Gary like helped me get up, <laughs> I think. And then I think that's where we are now. But you're still okay. It's like it's, <laughs> you, you always come back up like, I'm good. Or like, <laughs> you literally just said, well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> And you said you almost got hit by a bus the other day. Yeah, I, I almost like- got hit by a bus the other day. And I talk about that in my show. Like, literally, any of us can be hit by a bus. And we really can, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the other day, like, I, like, I mean, a foot away from being hit by a bus. Yeah. In, in, like, near Lincoln Center. Like uh-huh. a foot away. I know. Which, hello, hey, look at where you're going, public transpo. But, because you can't leave a review for public transportation. Right. So I'd have to call. I'd have to call the governor. It would become a whole bureaucratic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, things like that happen to you. And okay, so I don't. So know that's if- how you and Ryan like when when I leave. Yeah. This sort of like, what do we say about Mike? Is that part of it? Me falling into We're shit? We're just like, God, I'm so glad he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. Gosh, you know, wow. yeah. Well, you know, in 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 the loveliest ways because you have such a good attitude about it. It doesn't even seem to phase you. You always pop back up. You're like a uh you're like a daisy, you know, in in the springtime, right? Like after winter it's covered in snow. Springtime, boom, it's back up, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was maybe in Minnesota, one of the cities we were in. Right after your show, you were supposed to get on a flight. So you had to Literally get off stage and go straight to the car to okay. go to the airport. Yeah. And we were like, oh, that's such a cool hero shot. Maybe it'll be cool behind the scenes footage. Right. You know, if you ever wanted to do videos of your tour. Oh my God, I remember this. It was Seattle. Right? It was Seattle. Okay. I just remember. I just so we it. had this epic plan where right after you get get off stage, goodbye, good night. I'm, yeah, you we know. called it the Von Trapp family exit. That's right. That's what like, it was. Like, because like, it's like in the sound of music. When, when <laughs> They sprint out to escape the Nazis after they sing. It's kind of like that. Yeah, except we were going to von trap it. Uh huh. Yeah, and so Ryan was like, "We got like, okay, I'm ready." And then, yes. So you were supposed to get off stage, get your suitcase really quick, and then just run straight to the car, right? Right, right, right. I'm von trapping it. You almost make to it to the tea. exit. Yeah. You almost make it to the exit, and then boom, tumble, tumble. You eat yeah. shit, <laughs> and your your suitcase goes flying, but then you get back up. And you still make the exit. And so I think you talk about this a little bit throughout <laughs> all your jokes. You know, like you, you you sort of make fun of yourself. You're like, I know what kind of body I right. have. I know my level of athleticism. Right. And, you know, even in Zero your physical comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you truly are like a clown. Yeah. Also, that actually made me think, you have like nine lives. There is a little a nine lives way. going on, yeah. Which makes me think, you know. Because I was you, hit by a drunk driver and my girlfriend's boyfriend, I talk about it. Yeah. I jumped through a second story window, sleepwalking, I talk about it in sleepwalk. Yeah, you're into cats. Diabetes, they have nine lives. I'm into cats. You I know? have two cats, Mr. Mustache and Precious. Yes, shout out, you know. R.I.P. Mazzy, we lost in January, so sad. Yeah, but it wasn't due to a fall. Nope. Because cats nope. always get back nope. up and that's you. But for let's go to you. So like. So I feel like when I think of all of my friends, I think that when, you know how you have friends where you go like, 
oh, if that person just tells stories off the cuff, mm-hmm. they just have the best stories. Like mm-hmm. you have some of the most <laughs> fascinating stories. Like, like you moved here when, from Japan when you were 10, 10, 11? Mm-hmm. 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You lived in your uncle's garage with your mom and your grandma. Mm-hmm. And I mean, your your parents met on a game show. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the amount of things that right. are like big ticket macro items. Right. Like, I feel like you could you have ten shows in you. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you know watching you. I'm glad you said that because watching you, I was like, there are some tiny things that could come back. You know. As people get to know me more, yeah. right? It's like I can still refer to something that they'd heard before, yeah. Because that's just a part of my life. Meaning, yeah, you know, uh, talking about the garage, but this time, like a story that you hadn't heard, of course, from that time. Here would be the other thing I would say. You can be like, Mike, take this out. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> when you and I first went on tour, you mean right? You were like, do you drink? At, you know, and uh-huh, I go, uh-huh. yeah, sometimes, but not that much. I'm not great at drinking. My body can't handle it that well. Right. I was like, do you drink? And yeah. you're like, Ryan and I have a, have a drink before bed every night. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, that's fascinating. Yeah, I drink every night. Yeah. What do you think it is? Oh, gosh, yeah. What does it do for you? It's, probably, it's also probably the cigarette thing, too. I'm very treat-based, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a dog. <laughs> very treat based. I am, yeah. So okay. I look forward to a thing at the end of the day. Okay. I'll finish all my food. work. I have this with food. Right? Yeah. 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 So that's my treat. And it's a, it's everything I do is still childlike mentalities. Even if it, it presented, it feels like it's an adult thing. Drinking, that's an adult thing. Smoking cigarettes, that's an adult thing. Yeah. But the way I look forward to it, and I go, I'm going to finish this work. If I write jokes for an hour, I get to have a cigarette. Like yeah. that's kind of my... Oh, I love that. I'm like a dog. Yeah. Do you feel like you'd talk about that? Yeah, drinking. Yeah. For sure. And how my dad actually uh, used to drink a lot. He drinks still. I think he, he stopped kind of drinking because he had a stroke oh, during uh, the pandemic. Yeah. And he was drinking these like, he's such a cheap person. This kind of stuff I probably will talk about actually. Yeah. I haven't talked about my dad yet. Right. <laughs> you know? You talk a lot about your mom and your grandma. To the point, people are shocked when they find out I have a dad that I'm very... <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, no. That's the reveal. That's kind of funny. The reveal is you have a dad. And it happened because recently I was asked to do a comedy show where the theme was comedians on the line. All the comedians on the lineup are folks who have been estranged from their fathers or don't talk to them. I was asked to be on that show. That's so funny. And I had to have an awkward conversation with the booker where I was like, oh, actually, I'm... I'm really good with my dad. In fact, I feel like I'm closer to him than I am with my grandma. And most wow. people don't know that because I never talk about him. That's so fascinating. You know? Yeah. Because we, so yeah. What does your dad think about your comedy? My dad, the language barrier is more intense with him. Okay. He knows way less English than like my grandma. So he doesn't really quite know what I'm even talking about. What does he speak? He speaks Japanese. Okay, and you speak Japanese with him. Yeah, but my level is at like third grade. Okay. So I couldn't even, I have a hard time explaining nuances of jokes and stuff. You know, sometimes I can't even set it up for him because I don't know enough vocab 
to do that. And so, so he knows he he knows what comedy is and comedians and performing. So you know, he's stoked that I I found the thing I love. Um, so this is interesting to me, though. Like you, you know, you speak Japanese at like a third grade level, and he's uh, he speaks Japanese fluently. But yet, you feel like you're as close to him or more closer to him than anyone in your family. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what is, so what is the bond? Like, what's the thing that is the psychic relationship? Or, yeah, I think maybe because we have that urgency, because he was the one I was separated from, from when, when, when we left Japan and yeah. I couldn't see him for like seven years. Oh my gosh. And so this is, by the way, circle take on this. Yeah. So you didn't see him for seven years. It's a huge story. Yeah, Breaking right. Breaking news. Seven years. You didn't years. even include that in your first special. On because HBO. again, I didn't talk about him. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. I mean, that's so a massive. So maybe I'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. That's a massive just beginning to a story. That's true. Not having seen my dad for seven years. And then. It was like age like, like, like 10 through 17. Yeah. So formative. Yeah. And so it was very, it was a bummer for me and a bummer for him, especially because he missed out on so much. Oh my gosh. To the point when we met each other, he. When we finally saw each other, he had booked a whole day at a water park for us because, and I was like 17, I was a teenager. I was like, water park, you know what I mean? Right, that's not cool. He's like, I haven't seen you since you were 10. Aww. And so he, I, he wants, in his head, he wants to do stuff like- that he, stuff. He wished he did with yeah. me as a oh kid. Oh my God, I can't take it. <laughs> this is gold. Yeah, I think this maybe I need to talk about every comedian has to talk about their dad at some point, right? Are you kidding me? Of course. Yeah, and uh, and it can start with you know getting asked to do a comedy show where everyone's been estranged from their father, and I had to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do this show. Uh, my dad and I are good, <laughs> and they were like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, Asuka. I just thought maybe like you had a falling out or he left your family or something. People make up stories about my dad. Right, they fill it in. They fill it in. That's really interesting. By the way, that's really interesting too. Right, yeah. With the idea of that, <laughs> like your anecdotes about people filling in the story. I mean, that's, that's just true. an interesting sort of just like a test case for like the way that people impose memory on you. For sure, yeah. And in ways I did it too. There were times where I convinced myself he was the one that left the family. Oh my you know, gosh. right? Instead of Meanwhile, grandma took you yeah, here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's called Stockholm syndrome, right? Where yeah. you go, oh no, my captor is right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Meanwhile, your grandma your grandma brought you here when you were ten. <laughs> this is like an encapsulation. <laughs> but did told you you're going on vacation, mm-hmm. but actually she was moving you here. Right. Because she in a general sense didn't think that your parents were like maybe the fittest to be raise you at that point. To raise me and she thought, you know, uh if we moved to America, things would be better for my mom who's having trouble assimilating in Japan yeah. and her mental illness was getting intense in Japan. So she just was like, let's just switch it up. Right. And I think it'll just, maybe there'll be more opportunities like they say. So um, yeah, so just sort of moved us that way. You know, so th- I always ask her, every every time I bring bring it up, you know, I hope to get something new. Like, what, was there anything else? Yeah. Because it seems so intense to uproot your whole life. Yeah. Just because of those reasons, but she's yeah. like, I just really thought we could switch it up, you know, and then, um, and I don't know if my dad knew that we were. 
I think she lied to my dad too. Wow. And so it was a lot of heartbreak there. And then Oh my gosh. So so yeah, I think I should address that like I have a father. Yeah. <laughs> Huge breaking news, <laughs> and in the water park, you know. Yeah, that's a great story. That was a disaster too, because you know I don't know how to swim. <laughs> right, so that's not great. So, I, and he didn't go on any of the rides with me, again because he wanted the father daughter like you know kid relationship he right. never had. He was like, "You're just going on the rides. I'll just be here taking pictures." And I would like wave at him, you know, that kind of, right? yeah, where I was like, okay, I'm 17 and I'm on these rides, not knowing how to swim. Right. Just screaming, you know, getting hurt. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Meanwhile, Meanwhile, you don't even know really your dad or you haven't seen him in seven years. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Were you, I'm curious about this because I always think about my daughter, seven and a half, like, what does she remember? What does she not remember? Yeah. Like, do you remember much of your dad when you were little? I do. So the drinking and smoking, right? Yeah. He 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 would drink every night and he smoked inside the house. Yeah. And but he was always really kind. He's very submissive. Yeah. Um he just was a workaholic and so I knew that's what he needed to do at night. It was his treat. What did he do? <laughs> he would smoke and drink and then watch TV. What did he do for a job? Oh, he's an engineer. So he'd yeah. been an engineer all day, but then in his mind, he had a treat that he was going to smoke and drink and watch TV. Yeah, with his kids. I, I lived with my half-sister and half-brother at the time. Yeah. My father was married before my before mom. Before your mother, okay. That wife left my father for another man. Okay. And in their divorce, he was able to get custody of at least two of the kids. Okay. I have a sibling I've never met no that kidding. went to go live with. Yeah, and so I... I had like a, a half American who's a family. Child. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so there's lots of pieces of that side of the family. It feels more. We were pretty um, modern for a Japanese family. I feel like in Japan, it's very frowned upon to even be divorced. You know, just oh, the family unit is very important. You even know. now, do you think? I mean, you've long since moved from there. But. I think now it's better. Now okay. it's better. But it was it was just my dad always felt shame because yeah. I was like, gosh, I I couldn't get my first marriage right, and then the second one, I, second one, I met a woman through a game show that didn't work out. Right. Then they left me. You know. Right. Took my daughter. You know. So he he feels a lot of shame. So I think that also fed into a lot of the drinking and smoking. Right. And I used to sort of judge him for it as a kid. I'd be like, Dad, it's not good for you. And here I am smoking and drinking <laughs> every beat, night. Can't beat him, join him. Yeah, you be yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now he's quit. <laughs> My dad's quit well, he smoking. Had a stroke and yeah. Right. Yeah. So he, I'm like, he, what is it gonna take for me? He hung up the gloves. Am I my father? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Maybe that's the title Am I my father. Yeah. Um, or I have a father. <laughs> I think it's more like I have a father. I think of your life as being so extraordinary. And I think people think about this of me sometimes. They'll go like, mm-hmm. you sleepwalk through a second story window. That's bizarre. Mm-hmm. You, you had cancer and you're 20. That's mm-hmm. bizarre. Like, 
you, you know, if type two diabetes is bizarre, you got if I turn, like I have a, a series of things where right I feel uh, people feel when they they watch my stuff like, well, that's an extraordinary set of circumstances, but of course I'm just living it. Do you ever have that mm-hmm. where you zoom outside yourself and your own life and go, wow, I've had a real doozy of a life. Yeah, I think I have a hard time doing that. <laughs> of course. I yeah. think we all do, right? <laughs> I'm such a I'm also a workaholic like my dad. Where, yeah. Where I go, you're no, en- the engineer of comedy. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. And I don't even really know what engineers do. <laughs> <laughs> where he was Nobody always, does. Nobody does. I don't know. Don't don't talk about it. He wasn't, we don't want to let the cat out of the bag. No, <laughs> even engineers don't know what engineers do. They just kind of go to work with like a suitcase and then come back. And there's a wrench. A wrench. <laughs> oh, there's a wrench. Wait, um, is that? There's some is kind that of, construction people? Don't don't ask too many questions. <laughs> What's the wrench for? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I picture. I feel like he always just had a pencil and paper. <laughs> and I was like, do you just draw buildings? Yeah, they draw buildings. I was like, I they do draw that. Draw buildings, <laughs> pencil sketches of buildings. I was like, I do that. I, yeah, kindergarten. Yeah. You're an engineer. I'm an engineer of comedy. <laughs> okay, so do you? So let's zoom out about your life. Like, are you? Do you feel? Do you think the reason you became a comedian is because you felt outside of other people's experiences? I felt outside of other people's experiences. I just wanted to connect with people. Okay. Yeah. So but, I, but I didn't even think. But was that from think... a deficit or from that's just what for was interesting sure to deficit. you? you for sure, deficit. For sure, deficit. Yeah. I wanted to connect. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to make people laugh. I wanted to maybe you'll be my friend. I wanted right. to. Maybe you feel sad. If you feel better, I'll feel better. Yeah, whatever that is called. <laughs> a is deficit. It, lots of deficits. Is it like class? Was it class clown manifestation? Not class clown. I was. Um, I remember you were a cheerleader. Right. So yeah. I was like always like a mood lifter. Right. Slash performer somehow. Yeah. But not class clown because I don't know if I was like witty enough. I don't know if it was maybe the language. I was still a little shy. I wasn't sure if people would be down with like me shouting jokes in a class. I'm not like that kind of same, person. Same. Right? I have the same thing. When did when did it start to manifest itself as humor uh-huh. in a way that you were like, oh, okay, I could run with this? Yeah. Well, there would. Time sprinkled throughout early yeah. on, but then, yeah, it wasn't until I would I was making my first, my second boyfriend laugh a lot, and he was like, "You should do stand up. You're like a stand up." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What me?" And uh, yeah, and that's that's the first time I'd heard that. It's so funny. That's a that's a very bold statement to make because this is like probably 2010 or so, 2008 mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like stand up like now. Yeah. 2022 you would expect someone to be like you're funny, you should be a stand up comedian. In the 2000 aughts like it's not really a logical conclusion that one no. because they're funny should be a stand up comedian. So No, no. He, he, I think I realized it was he ultimately was trying to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was then driving down to go to <laughs> open mics, and I was always gone. And then, yeah, we oh eventually gosh. broke up. But I was like... <laughs> we all have to break up in our own way. <laughs> He's like, you're really funny. You, you should pursue this. Oh, my gosh. And it was Over gonna, there. Yeah, time-consuming, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Every night I'm out. 
<laughs> that yeah. is a riot. So that's where it yeah started. But yes, at the time it was not a thing. You just tell someone that you love. Yes. Be a stand up. How? He was like, you need a hobby outside of my apartment. <laughs> I was like, okay, 2009. Open mics. <laughs> not even a really safe time. Uh, I feel like to be going to open mics and alleyways as like a girl, you know? So yeah, yes. it was not a good time to be telling people, hey, go do this if you loved them and cared about them. Yes. Today, yeah, there's a lot of avenues. So it's interesting, like, you, so you have an HBO special out. The last two years, I would say, of your career have been meteoric in the sense that like when we met you know you had a comedy album and you had a podcast and you had you know a lot of instagram followers and but and you had like a following but in the last two years you went from having a following to be like you're selling out the bell house in brooklyn every time you come to town like you're selling out all over the country and you have an hbo special arguably the most prestigious place to have a comedy special it's like what does does that feel satisfying? Right, yeah. And it it does. And I have to remind myself to do that. Like I was saying, I'm a kind of a workaholic. So when you say, do you ever zoom out at your life and go, oh, what a doozy of a life? Uh, the only reason I forget to do that or don't want to do that because I go, no, there's more experiences I could be living so that I could tell more stories, oh, you know? Oh, I. I, I Wow. I do that to myself sometimes and I have to stop and go, you know, oh, sure, HBO special, but the next hour, the next hour, I got to start thinking about my next hour. I'm already doing that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I'm slowly learning to zoom out once in a while. Yeah, zoom out, go, ha. Ah. What do you think, this is, this is uh, staff of the show had some questions. What do you think, this is Mabel, what do you think is true about our friendship that people might be surprised by? I like that we both come alive on camera. Yeah, that's true. That's a funny. That is we a funny both go, thing. Yeah, yeah, we pump that's each other hilarious. up. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, like when we're in Denver, we're like, let's do a video to promote the next show in Atlanta or whatever yeah. it is, and we're like, it's like we just there's a switch that gets turned on. on. Camera. Yeah, yeah. I those think like the, Instagram videos are like ridiculous, and also yeah. our dancing one is ridiculous. I think we yeah. did it backstage yeah. in Milwaukee at the Paps Theater. It's in. It's absurd. It's great. Yeah. I did. I played Grandma. <laughs> you have these great videos, a sequence with Grandma, and I play grandma we need to do one again soon yeah we'll do i think that i think we'll do one today instagram hasn't seen you dance in a while no they, they clearly need me to dance <laughs> this is a question we've asked in the slow round in the past what do people like about you what do people don't like about you mm, yeah i think people like that i'm like pretty like easygoing but i think also like you know Kind of a yes and, you yeah, know, I'm yeah. kind of like a feel good. Sure. But maybe that's also what people might not like about me too. <laughs> is okay. that maybe it's like make a decision already. <laughs> oh, interesting. Maybe. Like, what do you what do you not make a decision about? Um, I can tend to get too excited. Maybe I say yes to a lot of things right. and then so over yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that can be annoying for sure. Right. Yeah, if I can't deliver. I, I have that too. And you're yeah. overcommitted. Yeah, yeah. And you have to apologize. I can't actually do this thing. Right. I thought I could. And they're like, yeah. but I'm here. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is from my brother Joe. Can you recall a day that you'd consider the best day of your life? The best day of my life? Oh, I'm so careful to say that. <laughs> I never say things like the best day of my life or soulmate. <laughs> You know, oh my it's too big of a commitment. No, I respect that. And it's not true. 
It's, those things aren't ever going to be true. It, and you and Joe's probably asking it so that you say it was the day I met Joe Verbiglia. Can we take that question again? <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> We're gonna, the edit starts here. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, September 2022. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 2021. Yes. Of course, yes. I remember I like it was re- yesterday. I don't know when I met Joe actually, but that was a good. That was a pretty good day. I'll tell you a joke that I've been working on. I want you to be honest with me. Does zucchini loaf have any zucchini in it at all? Like at all? <laughs> like I, t- all I'm tasting is cake and maybe like cinnamon. <laughs> like I feel like the zucchini estate has sold off the rights to the zucchini in very corrupt ways. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when it comes to food, you are a conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. You know, because you talk about fake cheese and... Cheese powder, yeah. Just like there's yep. a there's a, a spokesperson macaroni coming. and cheese, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. A, a a box of uh yeah the box of macaroni and cheese with a powder intended to represent cheese. Mm-hmm. It's like a press conference for cheese. Like cheese <laughs> couldn't be here this afternoon. I'm here on behalf of cheese. I'd like to thank butter. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the zucchini joke. It's funny because I'm, you know, I'm performing Old Man in the Pool right now. So it's like these jokes I'm writing my notebook. Uh-huh. They're just I'm just jotting down stuff that yeah. it's not going to see the light of day for like a year, or maybe a, yeah, for you know, eighteen months. But in the podcast, it's fun to just sort of kick it around. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote down when you hit when you get into a hot tub at a hotel, it feels like you hit the lottery. You're like I'm royalty. I'm the richest person in the world, and other people get in. And you're like, who are these losers? Shouldn't they bow or something? Don't they know who I am? You're like the Christopher Columbus of the hot tub. And then some people come back from the bathroom and they're like, I was sitting there. And you're like, I have claimed it for Spain. (laughs) That's great. Um, I was in Nashville recently on tour. And I was, uh, again, this doesn't have real jokes yet, but it's just an interesting story. Yeah. And I got a massage because of my shoulder. Right, my shoulder right. is like an issue I have to work on. And the guy goes, um, you know, I just started doing this job. And I go, oh, that's cool. Didn't really engage the conversation. But then the conversation just came at me. <laughs> you know, you know, like sometimes how a conversation comes at you like a 95 mile an hour fastball and you're like, whoa. And the ump is like, strike. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was a ball. <laughs> so then he goes... Um, he goes, I had to change my whole life. And I'm thinking, oh boy, here we, here we go. And I'm, think, I'm thinking like, how do I end this conversation in a way that doesn't seem like I'm trying to end this conversation? And I go, what happened that changed your life? I took the bait. And that was the point where he goes, I walked in on my wife in a Taco Bell parking lot with her head in the lap of some other guy. Now I'm interested. Oh my God. Now I'm completely not getting a massage. (laughs) Now I'm watching a series on Showtime. (laughs) I go, how did you know she was in a Taco Bell parking lot? (laughs) 
and he goes, Life 360. Which if you don't know what that is, I just found out what it is recently. It's an app that tracks your family like the government. (laughs) Because sometimes life comes at you fast. 360. (laughs) So I said to him, what did you do before this job? And he goes, I was a construction worker. And he goes, but you know, we might get back together to spend our golden years together. And I didn't say this. But I thought, it's just going to happen again, except this time it'll be at a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I was trying to think of, Oh, my God, I was trying to, there's senior discounts. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for getting that. I was, yeah. I, was, I was trying to come up with, like, what's the senior discount yeah, yeah. place? I thought Cracker Barrel yes, fits yes. the bill. Yes, totally. To Taco Bell is for the younger folk. You know? When you have more <laughs> yes. energy, when you have more energy. More yeah. energy, yeah. Cracker Barrel is where they'll both sort of, like, look out the window and be like, remember when? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. 360, you know. <laughs> so those are some things I jotted in the notebook. Wait, so he said, I just changed my life recently. Yeah, I changed my life. And I mean, the, the sum, summation of it is I changed my life. I worked construction. One day I walked in right. with my wife with this guy in a parking lot. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to change my whole life. I'm going to do something I want to do I more. I love that you were in after Taco Bell. I mean, of course. No, the yeah, Taco that's, Bell story I think is phenomenal. The only way to stop a person from after they say something like, hey, I just changed my life lately is... To stop them, you go, oh, I did too. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the- <laughs> That's so funny. It's the only way. I did too. Yeah, and then so it's like this like tension of like, well, who's going to go? Who's- wow. <laughs> but then you got to back it up. You got to be ready with your Taco Bell parking lot story that is basically 100% fiction. Oh, or he won't ask. Or he won't ask. You That's know, good, though. He'd be like, oh, shit, I didn't know we were both changed people. I didn't know we do you both like had en- stories. Do you like engaging with strangers like that? Um, It depends, you know. Sometimes, uh, you know, whatever happened to falling asleep during a massage? Do you do that? Whatever happened to that? You don't do that. Like in the old days in the 50s? You're just really approachable. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of, uh-huh, you know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it depends. You know, I've fallen asleep on uh, someone talking to me on the plane before, and that's yes, I yeah. think that's fair game. Yeah, and so it depends. But the, yeah, you really can navigate. You know, if it's like someone's got a story to tell you, be like, I got a story to tell too. You know, and yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, I don't want to hear a story. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to tell one, and you're like, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any half? premises or half jokes or anything that's sort of like you want to bring to the table to kick around? Recently, I've been sort of playing with the idea of like, how do you make friends as an adult? Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. I've heard you talk about that. I think it's great. Yeah. And I just, and I sort of go off on it, you know, and I like, just like, hello, what's your favorite color? You know? <laughs> like we, right? Like we did as kids. Right, right, right. We did as kids, you know, because most friends come with their set of friends already. So, yes. you know, I try to enter their space and they're like, oh no, it's okay. I, I already have five, you know? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, and then, yeah, I, I love that. I talked to Quinta Brunson on this podcast about that exact yeah, thing. Yeah. About the idea of like, also, like, what is your obligation to your grown-up friends? Uh-huh, I know, yeah. Because when you're a kid, it's so cut and dry. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so, like, you go to school, you sit at the same lunch table, and mm-hmm. after school, you maybe do the same activity. Yeah, yeah. As a grown-up, it's like, 
text him once every month? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You, you okay? It's almost like, I think the conclusion I came to is like, ever since we were kids, yeah. we were, it was always going to be easiest to be friends with people you work with. Yeah. Kids, because our classmates, weren't they just like our coworkers? Yes, like we had the they same, were. That's why it was easy. We did the same stuff. What are you doing? The same math problem I am. Oh, what are you up to? Same schedule. We had the same schedule. We had to be at the same location. I think that's its own punchline. Of like, <laughs> when you're a kid, your classmates are your coworkers. And I think <laughs> yeah. you should live in that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That feels great. Yeah, and that's why it's like we were always... People make friends through their work now as adults too. In fact, that's I think the main way people make friends as an adult yeah. is through work. Yeah. Um, so when you're more of like a... Hmm, free spirit, like a comedian. It's harder because it's not like we're at a desk, you know, no, every day. No, I know. Yeah. So, and I'm also like, what if I want to become friends with like a doctor <laughs> or a lawyer? Right. You know, all my friends are comedians, which is great, but I want health care, you know? And it's right. Like, <laughs> Chelsea Handler's not going to give you health care. <laughs> no. No, maybe like, you know, some mushroom gummies. <laughs> but like <laughs> my real pain, you know? And doctors hang out with other doctors, which, what? <laughs> right. Share it. <laughs> yes. Share it yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a good run. Yeah, so it's I kind think of it's like a really that. funny, fertile area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking about your common enemies make real bonds. That's why work was work is a great place to make friends. You know, yeah. people make friends real fast on The Walking Dead. You know, oh yeah, they make friends so much. In so, crisis, in crisis, they make friends so much. No two yeah. people who are having good ass days ever be, <laughs> ever become friends. Not not real close. You know, that is so funny. <laughs> just two people who feel really good about themselves, like on a hike. That's real surfaced conversation. Just yeah. like, oh, sunny again, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, when there's something scary you're running from, like in The Walking Dead, that's yeah. when you make a real bond, you know? And uh, so much so that the villain on these shows always makes makes it a point to say, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think there's something to that. Yes. You know? We're all still kids. It still goes back to like adults. We still operate like kids where we find when someone says, I'm not here to make friends, it's like, oh my God, that person doesn't value friendship. And, you know, and I think, yeah, there's something to it. But yeah, that's what I'm sort of building on right now. But we, but we became friends. Yes, you did, did the nicest thing. You did, did like a friend appreciation post. You're like, I don't make a lot of friends as a grown up, and right. Mike and I became friends on this tour, and it was really sweet. Yeah, it meant so much to me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I always feel at a friend deficit. I always feel like, like I'm not doing enough for my friends. My friends aren't in touch with me. Like it's always, it's always a thing where I, I don't, I don't know how to navigate it. They need to make more reality shows, more shows about making friends. Yeah, there's all these shows about finding love. Yeah, I don't care about that. Right, I already got that. Love is blind. I got a love. Bachelor, like, okay. How about a show where people learn how to make friends? Yes, <laughs> it's because that's good, you know. And yeah, and I, I even tell and the you audience, could call it. I'm here to make friends. Yeah, that should be the title of this episode. I'm here to make. I'm here friends. to make friends. Yes, yes, Gary. We got it. We got it. I think we got it. That's a wrap. <laughs> Don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> So working it out for a cause, we give to an organization that you think is doing a good job. Nonprofit. Right. Is it right. a nonprofit you like? 
I always like the downtown women's shelter yes. in Los Angeles. Yep. So if I can give it there again. We've given to them before. We're going to give to them again. It's, um, I'm going to get the URL right. So that's at downtownwomenscenter.org. It's downtownwomenscenter.org. Uh, they're, if you're on their site, it says Every Woman House. The Downtown Women's Center is the only organization in Los Angeles focused exclusively on serving and empowering women experiencing homelessness and formerly homeless women. I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to link to them in the show notes. I hope people, I wonder if there's someone out there who's been giving to all 90 of the nonprofits that we've been giving to. Ooh, is yeah. that person exist? Does Reach that, out yeah. to us. Email us. Yeah. Working it out pod at gmail.com. Um, odds are good. Thanks for being here. I can't I'm can't wait for all these people to watch this special. The special's so good. Thank you. You did it. You rocked it. Thank you. Working it out. Cause it's not done. Working it out. Cause there's no that's going to do it for this episode of Working It Out. That's Atsuko Akatsuka. Her special is called The Intruder. It's on HBO Max. You can follow Atsuko at, on Instagram at Atsuko Comedy. That's A-T-S-U-K-O Comedy. I couldn't recommend it more highly. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Joseph Berbigli and Peter Salamone, associate producer Mabel Lewis, consulting producer Seth Barish, assistant producers Gary Simons and Lucy Jones. Sound mix by Ben Cruz, supervising engineer Kate Bolinsky. Special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall, my consiglieries, Mike Berkowitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. They are rocking. The song in the show, if you if you came to the Broadway show, is a, is a project of Jack's uh, called Red Hearse. That's the song that plays at the beginning. It's amazing, amazing album. It's a one, one-off album that he made with Sam Dew and Soundwave. The three of them call themselves Red Hearse. Holy cow, check that out. Special thanks to J-Hope Stein. Uh, her book, Little Astronaut, is in bookstores now. I actually just saw it in Barnes & Noble the other day. I saw it in Bookstore Magic the other day in Brooklyn. Special thanks, as always, to my daughter, Una, who created the original Radio Fort made of pillows. Thanks most of all to you who are listening. Thanks for all the great feedback and comments on the podcast over at Apple Podcasts. If you give us a star rating over there, leave some comments. We really appreciate it. You can tell your friends also. You can tell your enemies even. I know the holiday season's upon us, so maybe in the spirit of giving, give your enemy the, the greatest gift one can give. Recommending a podcast where a comedian talks to other creatives about process and, and jokes and stories. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks, everybody. We're working it out. We'll see you next time.